0: Hello, my name is Kwame Asante and I am the producer of GCR Sincerely Accra and The Boga Podcast. Do you have a podcast idea and are not sure what to do? If this sounds like you, then head over to listen to gcr.com forward slash labs to submit your idea. Selected ideas will go through GCR Labs training program and further developed into exciting podcast shows. GCR Labs, giving everyone a voice. You're listening to the Free Your Mind podcast. Join Maya and Kumo every other Wednesday as they share their unfiltered views and debate on topics with guests, from issues making the headlines to topics generating buzz in the group chats. Make sure to share the episode with a friend and rate us if you enjoyed it. Why don't you give us a follow on Twitter at GCR Free Your Mind? and of course you can listen to all our episodes on our website, listen to GCR.com. Just go to shows and you will find free your mind and everything related on there the next episode starts now so let's get into the very last topic which is a very heavy one and that's going to have a and that's actually the main reason why i'm recording this i see that you're laughing
1: you are not the only person who have who have raised uh, you know some concern I, I i'm here to get your your questions in that direction but it's okay. been it's been a topic you know that we've discussed uh, uh you know over the past uh month we actually okay. went live in april uh with that with that uh, implementation but yeah now let's go yeah. let's go now right. um
0: i think that in april mtn i mean we're all sleeping and mtn just pushed an information on us that you might you need your id to cash out your money but then the ID layer of security posed a big challenge because we realized that for any amount of money that you were coming for, you needed an ID. It didn't really say well with me. And, you know, I was like, well, maybe they have their issue because of financial fraud and all of that. Now, some few weeks after, I asked a friend who is the vendor um, how this monies were supposed to work. I stand corrected. But then what he told me was that after some few times, some of his colleagues were blocked because they realized that they were actually inputting wrong IDs as payments, um, as as IDs for payments. And when NCM flagged that, they were blocked. I also have a problem with that, but we are going to deal with that um, as we go on. The first question that I'm going to pose to you, why
1: IDs? Let's go back into history, right? Let's go back into history. Right from day one, When we launch the service, you realize that if you go to our service centers and our agent point, we have something we call the transaction booklet. Okay. In that transaction booklet, before you do a transaction, the agent is supposed to record your phone number, record your name. That is the name on the ID. The ID type you presented, the ID number, the transaction type, and then the amount and they give you the booklet to sign off okay before a transaction is done now this is also captured in their contract that they need to ensure that this is done before then you realize that agents one those who are doing it at a point um were just letting themselves go as in the transaction booklet how they keep it Mm -hmm. was becoming an issue so somebody who is holding his phone comes around, take a picture of the transaction booklet, and he has information of all the customers who have visited that agent point, right? And he can use it to do whatever that he want to to use it for. That was one risk we saw with that existing, you know, directive. Then the second point was that because there wasn't any preventive and punitive action to it, Some agent decided not to do it. So you realize that those who want to enforce it end up losing business, right? Because when a customer goes to a particular agent and um, he insists to check your ID before he does a transaction, then the customer says, I don't have an ID. and The customer moves to another agent and that agent does it. So then we realize that agents who were abiding by the rules we're losing business. So then we engage the Bank of Ghana, that look, we want to move away from the writing of this information down. And that is where the concern of data issue comes in, right? And that is what we are trying to run away from. So we want to just digitize the process. So it's not a new process, but the medium is now changed from the manual point of recording in a booklet and the challenges with how this agent manages the data he has collected in that booklet moving away from that into digitizing it so this point in time he's not going to write it down he's not going to keep it he's not going to do anything just look at it check that is the same name check that is the same person's picture on it when you are initiating the transaction the name of the wallet will come up for you to see so you check with the name on the id and then you just input the id number and you are done right now the guideline the aml guideline now some people were asking what is the legal basis for it the aml guideline right requires that we do a verification of our customers as at the time of onboarding as at the time of transaction and any time to ensure that is the person we are dealing with and also to manage anti-money laundering risk or money laundering risk. It's in, it's in, the, it's in the guideline, you know. So we have decided to go that way right from day one. What we sought to do in April, which became an issue, was just to switch the model from the manual way of capturing it into a more digitized form so that you don't worry yourself about what the agent capture on in the booklet and what the agent is going to use it for and it's a bridge of your you know data uh, protection stuff here and there we are now moving away from that to a a digitized form where the agent doesn't have anything to to record or to do just to input it on our, our platform and we capture it and we store it you know from our side so that is the history behind the 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 change that we did at the time and it has a legal basis even when you go to our banking halls right and you want to do any financial transaction they request for your id now for them they have access to the pc And your records and your pictures and everything. So when you present your ID, they can just see what you presented us at the time you were registering and they can do the checks there and there. Our agent, unfortunately, don't have that access, right? Somebody is just using a phone. He doesn't have a PC. Uh, He doesn't have access to certain things. So to make it just simple, put the validation on us. We will do the validation ourselves. You just capture that information and send it to us. The other question is, okay, why is MTN not verifying it as at the time that the castor, the agent puts that ID card uh, number in it and allows it to pass, whether it's a wrong ID or not, allows it to pass um, at that time. Two things, commercial expediency compliance. We're looking at this fact, which was something we thought of doing but we're having a problem. We are connecting to a database that has the ID cards, right? And then here is our platform. Mm-hmm. If we capture what the agent had inputted, we need to smash it against this ID, uh, this database for the database to say, okay, this ID is a valid ID in there. And then the name is Godwin Tamaklo, blah, 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 blah. Come back to us before we allow we realized that there was some kind of latency between the the response we get from the id database yeah, and so yeah. exactly so the the um transaction kept dropping now we consider this how will we feel as a business if our customer goes to an agent point and he's so much in need of his money you No, know, we are talking about cash out so for somebody to have moved to an agent point to say he's going to do a cash out, then it means he really needs his money. How will we feel as a business if this customer goes to an agent point and just because of a latency in a particular communication platform, he's not able to cash out his money? That will become chaos, right? So we decided let us rather go with a post-transaction validation, and then work on this latency issue until we get it right before we bring in the real-time validation of it you know so we went with that so whatever the agent put in the system is not validating at that point but then there's a post transaction validation as for that one no matter how many minutes it takes for the response to come it doesn't affect the transaction Right, so the customer does the transaction, he's gone. And we are dealing with the agent because we expect the agent to do the right thing. Just look at the ID, take a look at it, the name, the picture, and then enter the ID number. That's it, don't do anything more. Don't record anything. Just capture what the ID that the person has brought to you. So that was the the way we went. But then we were having instances where agents were putting in, maybe he selects uh, a national ID and puts in one, 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 one. You know, he selects a voter ID and puts in two 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 or zero 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 And it's going, so he thought it was okay. We blocked over 7,000 agents, over 7,000 agents. And this formed just about 3% of the active, number of active agents who did the transaction within the period of our validation just three percent right so we were we were much assured and comfortable with the fact that almost 97 percent were abiding by the rules and it is just these three percent who are not and we dealt with them as i speak with you now another message is gone monday went to some agents who were blocked we blocked them for two weeks and then we reactivated it and and then uh, um, give them you know this uh, warning that if they do it again, they'll go for one month and then the third time they're out so as I speak to you, about two thousand four hundred agents come next week Monday will be blocked and that that is second offenders second offender two thousand four hundred and something agents so we have sent them a notification, the first notification on Monday. Tomorrow being the Thursday, they will have the second notification. And then next week, Monday, the account will go off for one month. And then after that one month, they'll be given the final warning. And then if they do it again, they are gone. Apart from that, we are on the ground again, educating agents as to what to do what is the right ID number you are supposed to pick, you know, to enter. Uh, Do you need to write those ID numbers down before you enter? No, you don't. So there is also a a counter um, awareness program, which we are running out, so that agent will not complain that, look, they didn't tell us how to do this and we do this and they block us, no, no. And we are doing this in collaboration with the agent associations, you know, Today we have three different agent associations in Ghana now. So we are doing that with the various agent associations and those who don't belong to any of the associations, we are dealing with them one-on-one, you know, so that's, that. so far, that's, that's what we've
0: done okay. and, you right. know, my response right. to your question. But yes. I personally think that there is a flaw on that because we put sole responsibility into the hands of the vendors now let's take a scenario where somebody is coming to withdraw a huge transaction comes with an id card it is just a card right looking at it on the face value looks real it might be fake so it, there could be a scenario where the agent is entering their number thinking that it's a real id but it's a fake ID because the person who is coming to take the money is well aware of the fact that they don't want a real ID in there in case it's a it's a fraud transaction it's like it doesn't go good for the vendors because like what if it's not my fault so I'm being blocked because it's really not my fault now two my issue is you have people who are coming to withdraw 10 CDs bringing their IDs let's take to note that people are already very skeptical in terms of the leaving their numbers with user agents and how they get sms's and all of that and now you've gone a little head higher and now we are doing ids is it fair is it fair to say that we can limit id transactions to a certain amount i don't need to give my id when i come to take 10 cd because i don't carry my id around one that's the issue i thought that it wouldn't be a case of kyc by a case of transactional fraud, where if somebody is coming to um, remove 2,000 CDs or 1,000 CDs, there is a need for them to give their IDs and not 10 CDs or 20 CDs. I don't know if you get where where, where I'm coming from.
1: Yeah, yeah, I I get your point. Now, let me let me respond to, to it. You see, there are two things here. You want to look at normal fraudulent activities from that perspective. You're also looking at money laundering and terrorism financing. From where I sit, these are the things I'm looking at. We find ourselves in a situation where Al Shabaab is just around here boko haram is just around here we are not far from those group of terrorists right Mm -hmm. and the terrorist activities financing of terrorist activities if you study their mode of operation the funds does not come from normally or like um entirely come from fraudulent activities mm-hmm. it comes from people's own uh, genuinely acquired funds that they want to donate to support and it comes in bits 10 ghana cities here one dollar here two dollars here three dollars here four dollars here and it goes to aggregate somewhere and that is what they will use launch an attack against you yourself so from where i sit not as a customer but as a compliance a fraud specialist an anti-money laundering specialist i am looking across these sectors these spectrums and ensuring that whatever i put in place protects not only the customer but also the business and the country remember recently we were told somewhere last year that ghana has been put on a gray list that goes a long way to affect not only our economic development but also even our own individuals when we are traveling outside the country people will now have to scrutinize you very well because they think ghana is an avenue where people are doing money laundering that is why we are on the gray list these things are not really up to the, the, you know, the day-to-day customer to grasp until he or she is being informed, right? So, if today my regulator hears that even 10 Ghana cities have gone through my platform to a particular account that is being used, to support terrorism activities. Or it's a money laundering, uh, you know, scheme. That somebody decided to come and withdraw 10 Ghana cities here. Then he withdraw 20 Ghana cities there. Then he go and withdraw 50 Ghana cities there. And then at the end of the day, he's been able to wash his money. The license for mobile money will be revoked. What happens? The cust- The businesses on our side will lose our business. People go out of job and you, the customer, will also lose that sense of using the mobile money service. Probably you have other options as in going to use another service provider. So that is where I say. And so when I'm looking at this KYC thing that you, you, you think is my main focus, it is not at all. It is also to be able to identify who came to do the cash out now let me tell you something i monitor the transaction i as in business right we monitor the transactions that you do and based on the transaction that you do we reach profile you as a customer so on my platform or on our platform i will profile you today you can be on green that oh as for you you have nothing but there are certain transactions that you will do that might push you from green to amber, then it means I have to be very careful about this guy and can move you from amber to red and I have to be very, and I probably have to call you and gather some more information about what you are doing, which we call enhanced due diligence, right? To gather more information, explain things to you and now gather more information about the things we do and then reprofile you. If I get to know that there is nothing wrong, oh, it's just that, oh, when you came in, for example, when you came in and you registered, you said you are a, a paper vendor, a newspaper vendor, or you are a coconut seller, right? And I profile you on a particular profile. And basically, from my knowledge of the business, we can think that, okay, you will make roughly a sales of maybe 5,000 cedis a day or 3,000 Ghanas a day. So you are put on a particular threshold based on other factors, not only one factor. And so we expect that you'll be making deposit or withdrawals roughly uh, X amount of money once in a day. These are all parameters that we put in place that will monitor what you do and profile you. And then we see you doing 10,000 deposit, 5,000 deposit, and then you are withdrawing 6,000, 7,000 almost every day. That will push you to rent. And that will now let me first get where and where does this guy do all the, the cash out and the deposits. And I'll be able to identify all those agents. Then we'll start to inquire, you know, the agent. This guy normally comes to you, do this transaction, blah, blah, blah. Trying to get to understand what is happening. And then we'll come to the person himself. You know, oh, I'm no more selling coconuts. Oh, I've gotten... I've opened my own shop. I'm doing this distribution, blah, blah, blah. I'm doing this and that. And so now I am gaining more. We have the, the, the document to prove those things. That person is re-profiled on our platform. All these things happen behind your back. You get it. So we look at all these things before certain directives or implementations are done. But sometimes it becomes difficult for me to come and stand and then tell you all the stories before we go ahead, right? Yeah. We'll just yeah. be telling you what I think you can hear and you would understand. That's, that's a very fair point. That's very fair exactly. Point. So it, 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 that is how we are looking at it from not only from the fraud perspective, but also who who is he, what he does, what is he doing, what was he at the time we embodied him, for example, if today you come, you are here, pay your work, and I today, 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 you are not on my list as a politically exposed person. But if in our next election you become an assemblyman or you become an MP, you become a politically exposed person. Your profile on my platform entirely changes. My red light on you. It's higher than more, uh, uh, when you were not a politician, you see. And that is what happens within the financial space. So all these things happen, and you try to put in place certain initiatives to minimize the effect of certain actions that customers will come up with. In the beginning, sometimes you would understand that you know it's a change of attitude, and it's difficult. But at the long run, as we go, as we educate, and we give explanation to certain things, people will become more exposed to the knowledge behind or the rationale behind certain activities and they will come to buy into it. You know, So I can understand. The issue of the loophole, eh? our reps, as in the agents, they are in an agency agreement with us. And we can understand that today, it's difficult for them, as at the point of taking the ID card, to validate whether it is fake or not. We, we understand that. What we don't understand and we will not tolerate is the fact that you pick an ID card, and you see the ID number AC35140, but you decide to ignore and you put one 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 one, two 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 two, 222222, right? the ID card number which was on the ID card and let us go verify it and then know that this is a fake ID. We have a way of dealing with those ones. But if you intentionally, you know, after we have engaged and educated you and told you the reason why we are doing this and you buy into it, you sign our contract and then you intentionally now decide to go around it because you have one ID, you put it down, John Mensah came and then you wrote the ID down and then Stephen Ansar came. Stephen doesn't have an ID. So he decided to enter John Mensa's ID uh, to do the, the transaction for Stephen Mensa. We will get you because the ID name will be Stephen Asare. The wallet name will be John Mensa. They are two different people. So we will know that you, you did something wrong. They don't know some of these things. But that is one of our monitoring, you know, way to ensure that they are doing the right thing. We don't block you because you've entered a fake ID. We understand that process. Mm -hmm. We understand that exposure. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there is risk. In some areas, you cannot clear all the risks. You minimize it. And that is what we are doing. But for you to intentionally input certain fake numbers, that is what we don't tolerate.
0: Sometimes the truth is that the user doesn't care and the user just wants convenience. And one of the reasons why mobile money works for the unbanked is because in the midst of all this bank chaos, you can have money on your wallet without having to write your KYC's and your mother's maiden name and all of that, all of that information. Now what I am speaking to that and the reason why I think that this money thing should be pegged at a limit. Is because like let me take an example. When you are traveling, you can declare amounts you have. If it goes past a certain amount, those monies can be seized. And as you said, you have to come and show the reason why you are traveling with this amount of money. It's the same thing that has to go with your profiling thing that you said. If somebody is making regular cash outs of five hundred CDs, a lot of us said he's making ten thousand CDs. I mean, it calls for concern, and those. Amounts can be flagged as in they would require um how do you call it ID card to validate that process. I personally think that I mean I I, I as a user, I personally think that there should be a limit to the amount of monies that would need ID cards because you guys already have the information. I get it that in the initial stages, and as a technical person, you guys are trying to have a huge database repository of IDs that you can fall to in case there are issues that's why we are taking all of these ids but i think that at some point of this process there should be a limit to um the monies that requires IDs. because when you talk to normal users who don't have technical knowledge they are very skeptical about giving out their id cards because already you know like their numbers are being given out and they are getting sms's from All of these people that, you know, they have their assumptions who it is. And it's not even based on fact. But if my numbers are out there, then what about my ID card? At some point, there should be a limit to the monies that are being collected. Because it's really stress, personally, for me to bring my ID card to take 20 CDs or 30 CDs. Now, what I do is, honestly, and I'm being honest with you, is that I transfer it to Vodafone Cash. And I take my money from there. Do you get it? And that's why I wanted to have this kind of conversation, that we are able to mitigate from a user point of view and then a technical point of view. Um, your final submission before we end the podcast.
1: I mean, you, 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 you have a point there. Um, it, it wouldn't be long. Um, it wouldn't be long. You would, you would uh, uh, also hear that all other competitors uh, will, will be asked to be doing the same thing. Um, that is that is the regulator enforcing uh, enforcing the the the, the, the regulations uh, you know on, on that side. Convenience normally comes with a cost. Convenience comes with a cost, and I can understand in this sense it is speaking to more of an attitudinal change, and that makes it a bit difficult. Uh, uh, yes, and I, I can understand the inconveniences it is. Uh, coming up, but with time, you know, um, we believe as we fly along, nothing is cast in stone. We are dealing with business and compliance. Uh, it's it's business. Compliance is not there to prevent business; it's rather to help business grow. So, as as we go with time, we see trends, and there are certain adjustments that will will be made, still within the confines of the law. Uh, to ensure that you know we, we give some level of convenience um taking into consideration the risk involved you know to to our customers so surely one issue for example is um can i take a picture of my id card on my phone mm-hmm. and use it yeah right mm-hmm. at this point we say no but we are having agent who, if you go, um, they will take the risk and still you know, take a look at it and input the ID. And when we check, you know the, those IDs will be correct, yes. We are monitoring those ones, and then we'll see um, the need for it, whether it's something that is growing that a lot of the customers are using that one, and then business will come clear with its position on, 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 on that. So, yes. I get your uh, how do you call it your 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 submission, and I think it's something that you know we we'll consider. As I said, nothing is is cut, cast in stone. Um, we will just be looking at it as as we go on to see how best we can tweak certain things, still within the confines of the law, to ensure that our customers you know experience the mm-hmm. convenience that they need. Just to to finalize it, just a point of education. On our mobile money platform, we have, we have three different kinds of wallets. You know, we have the minimum, we have the medium, and we have the enhanced, right? So the minimum, you can do 1,000 Ghana CDs a day, whether you are transferring or you are cashing out. You can do just 1,000 Ghana CDs a day, and you can do 6,000 in a month, right, aggregation. Then the, the, the medium you'll be able to do 5,000 Ghana CDs in a day uh, and and you can do uh, 30,000, 50,000 Ghana CDs in a month. Right. And then the the enhanced, which is the highest, you can do 10,000 Ghana CDs in a day. And then your monthly limit is unlimited. Okay. You know, so these are the three, um, kinds of wallets that we have. And, uh, what would be the wallet size as to how much the wallet can hold at any point in time the, the minimum one can hold um, 2 thousand Ghana cities at a point in time. that is if you put money in it and it get to two thousand you can't put any money unless you do a transaction for for it, for the balance to come down before. Then the medium one takes fifteen thousand Ghana cities so you can put up to 15 fifteen thousand and it's four. Uh, unless you do a transaction before you can replenish it then the highest one which is their hands can hold thirty thousand ghana cities at a point in time okay you know so these right. just to just to give some education mm-hmm. around the the mm-hmm. kinds of subscriber wallets we do have okay all right so mr godwin
0: um it's been a very wonderful episode thanks for coming on the podcast and I actually want to say a big thanks to the communication uh, the corporate communication department of MTN mm. um Madam Georgina Nash Ajua they were really helpful in um the mail correspondence that got you onto the podcast thank you really really for coming and your time
1: thank you very much for having me
0: to our listeners we'll see you on the next episode
1: this has been a Gold Coast Reports production Catch up on episodes and discover more shows from our network on listen to GCR.com. I go to go, Savkamu. You go to U.S.
0: Again, I give my blue. You still here go. okay, 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 okay. okay, 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 okay. Okay, I'm here to last, not to carry last.